Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Daddy McDougal. As always, I'm joined by the great John Sheeran. And today, John, we have a guest who is a man who I've looked up to my whole life, the way, you know, Dr. Hoji has looked up to Shambo, who's his guru. This man is my guru. This man is my inspiration for creating Bengals content. I'll tell you, back in the 90s, he was, he was writing for the Enquirer, and I was reading him, and I, and I happened to move to California. I could not access his material anymore. And so I had to pay for this very expensive subscription to the Bengals reports to get my information. It was like $20 a month. And you know, as careful I am with finances, that was a lot for me. Until he came back and uh, he, I was able to access his stuff online. I think it was like the early 2000s. And he started writing for Bengals.com. And I was, I was very happy because this guy... He, he doesn't just tell you what the Bengals did, the basic stats, but he, he has a very elegant form of writing. He tells a story. He, he draws in the emotions. He captures the environment. And, and really, John, I mean, all of our careers are kind of based on him because we, yeah, you look at the, a lot of the articles out there and they take two or three things from a, a beautiful piece by this man and they turn them into separate blogs. So with that, I want to... Welcome, Mr. Jeff Hobson to the show. Yeah, okay. yeah. I was just going to say that that proves, I guess, uh, that viruses don't go away; they come back. I guess, right, from the '90s to 2000s. No, I Jeff. Yeah. So no. you were able to uh, you were able to track me down in California, but then that all changed, right, with uh, with with uh, with uh, the internet and everything was free. Yeah, that that I I do love that part. I'm a big fan of free. But yeah, I mean, Jeff, you know, back then it was like there was people like you and, you know, I don't remember if you remember Dr. Z, Dr. Zimmerman and these guys who, uh, you know, they were providing this different kind of content than, than what we see today. But it was a it was a more uh, a storytelling style of talking about the sports. And, you know, I had a lot of time on my hands to read. I was eating a lot of proteins. And so I found myself reading in unexpected places back then, but uh, reading a lot. And, uh, and, and yeah, and so that is how I kind of got into sports is by reading that top-notch journalism. Well, there's some debate, I guess, if, uh, if, it's, uh, if this era is made for storytellers or not. So it uh, seems to be going the other way where it's clicks, you know, it's, it's one-liners, it's, you know, rumors, it's uh, analytics, it's, uh, you know, it seems to be a, a struggle for the, uh, to, see, to see where this thing's going to go in the next uh, 20 years. We know where it's been for the last 20, and we'll see where it goes for the next 20. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, 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 I totally, I see what you're saying and, and I agree. And I, and I will say this, I think the analytics and like you said, the clicks and the predictions and the, all that kind of stuff, it gives you like people more of an immediate kind of uh, sort of, you know, satisfaction. But the storytelling captures what is at the heart of the experiences of a sports. You know, everybody remembers certain moments from, from a, a special season or from a player's career. And it's not so much the stats, even the analytical stats. And so I think that is what you and the, the people like you, uh, you know, I think you, you really capture what it means to be a fan. But because you're so articulate, you say on paper what others, you know, kind of, you know, feel in their hearts. Well, we're all fans, you know, we yeah. all, uh, we all feel a connection to these guys. I think that's a lot of it is uh, the guys on the field. Um, you know, you're, uh, you're pulling for these guys. You want to know about them. You want to know what they're feeling. Uh, you know, what kind of, uh, where are they from? What are they about? You know, I mean, I, 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 I guess I have a, I have an easier time uh, with that than uh, trying to figure out, you know, uh, turnover percentage uh, at the end of a drive. Uh, I was I, I was bad in math. That's one of the reasons I went into the English class. So <laughs> analytics, I struggle a little bit. Uh, I'm pretty good with the final score. I can I can I can I can figure that out. I guess. But yeah, uh, well, you can, beyond, you can that, beyond that, I struggle. I've actually I I I never learned math myself, Jeff. I I've derived a method for determining the final score without being able to read numbers. Yeah, it's reading. I just look at the body language and I figure it all out. That's good. Thank you. Good. You could write in Boston. You could write in Boston. You could have because guys have made a career out of reading Brady's uh, body language. There you go. So, so you're from Boston. That's what I want to ask you about. Is how did you get into writing? About the, well, how did you get into writing? So you said English class. Was that your major? Right. Or yeah. couldn't do anything else. Couldn't couldn't do anything else. I was uh, I could barely get down the hall without uh, you know uh, having some kind of an accident. So I clearly wasn't going to play. The only way I was going to be involved in sports was. You know, to be, to, uh, I mean, I did play baseball. I could, I could do that. But, um, you know, if I was going to hang around uh, after doing it, you know, in high school, I was going to have to find a way to, you know, do something off the field. And that was, uh, it just seemed to be, you know, I mean, I, I mean, I did what you guys do. I, I mean, I did what you guys do. Just what's the first thing you do when you get up in the morning, read the paper, read the sports section. You know, I grabbed the sports section. That's the first thing I did. So I figured, uh, you know, that's that's what I wanted to do was write for a sports section. And when and when did you start doing that and where? Uh, I you know fourth fifth grade I was following the Red Sox so oh, wow. every day uh, we you know we had to sneak in uh, we had to sneak you know my dad and I had to sneak in certain papers because of some of the political bent of my uh, mom you know uh, so we had to. Uh, at that time, the Boston Herald had a better sports page than the Globe, so you can tell you that's how long ago it was. So, but my mother was not a big fan of the Herald, so we had to sneak in the sports section. We were okay with the Globe, though. So, once the Globe came in, once 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 Gammons and Bob Ryan and Lee Montville and uh, Ron Borges, uh, Will McDonough, made that thing a powerhouse, we were in good shape because we could get the Globe in there. And so, so how did you come to write for the Bengals? I know it's, you were with the Cincinnati Post, I believe, and the London Inquirer, and then eventually Bengals.com. I, I, I think I've read that Mike Brown asked you to be the writer for Bengals.com. Yeah, and I for, told- to basically, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but you weren't just the writer. I remember when it was 
Jeff Hobson was the writer, the editor, the producer, the, the you know, everything. You were the everything, man. Yeah, that was, uh, well, we didn't know what, it, you know, we didn't know what was, you know, we were, it's like when Mike hired me, I, I well, when he asked me about it, I said, you know, uh, I don't know anything about the internet or computers or, you know, I think maybe, you know, I advise him to, you know, uh, hire a guy out of college uh, who, you know, a young guy that was uh, really immersed in this thing. And uh, he said, no, he said, uh, I want to, I want a guy that the readers know and they trust and uh, don't know that they're getting the, you know, they'll know they're getting the story. And, uh, you know, I, you know, and like he said, I don't know what it is. You know, he said, I don't know where this is going. I knew that newspapers wasn't, you know, I knew that newspapers weren't long for the, certainly what I had, the way I had, growing up uh what a newspaper was going to be and working for one i knew that was changing and i wasn't sure if it was going to be able to if the business would be able to adjust so i i i knew that was going to happen but where the internet was going to go i didn't know and so, uh, mike uh mike was actually you have to tip your hat to mike because uh he saw what was coming so if i'm if i'm i'm sorry i'm not the best listener but if i'm understanding correctly mike brown invented the internet well Right after Al Gore, I, okay. they might have had a meeting. That is incredible. But wait, okay, hold on. Let's take a step back. Before Bengals.com, how did you come to Cincinnati and write about the Bengals of all teams? You, I mean, looking for, you know, okay. looking for a looking for a shot in the big market. You know, I, uh, I was in a uh, went to Syracuse, uh, worked at some smaller papers, uh, was the sports columnist in Portland, Maine, and uh, wanted to get a shot in a big uh, in a big uh, town with. Uh, sport you know with you know with major league teams i see i see wow that that is a that is we're, we're so lucky i mean we really i mean honestly anybody who's out there and reads the other i don't even you can't say you know senior writer i guess is the is the proper term but with other the, people yeah, who, yeah but that's you know with the emphasis on senior but i think yeah. the guy i think the people who are really lucky were my kids who got to grow up in cincinnati which Absolutely. was a huge thing because they had a great, you know, they had a great, uh, I think they, I think they really benefited from, uh, from growing up in the Midwest. And Absolutely. Daddy, Daddy, I want to jump in here and just to clarify something that Jeff said, did you say that you wanted to work in Cincinnati because you wanted to work in a big market or did you just equate those two? Bigger market. Yeah. I mean, that's a, to me, I mean, you know, growing up, I mean, Cincinnati was big league all the way. Yeah. You know, I mean, the Cincinnati Reds is no better, you know, there's no bigger, you know, I mean, that's, that's the major leagues. Uh, you know, plus also too, uh, having a couple of kids. I mean, it was a, it was also a livable, a very livable city. It was a, it was a major league market and livable and good for kids. So, you know, I don't, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't see it as a, uh, I didn't see it as small. I saw it as, as, I saw it as a place with major league teams. Yeah. Well, okay. So look, uh, Mr. Hobson, the one, two, I want to talk about how many years you've been covering the team, 30 years, maybe. Off and on for 30, but uh, yeah. 20, 20, this is my 22nd season with Bengals.com. Yeah. And so, so yeah, what I want to know some of your memories, because we've only been doing this show for eight years. And we have, we have so many memories with Bengals players and management and all that. You know, we had, John, I mean, what, we had uh, Dwayne Box Miller on the show. We did, and, yeah. you know, our co-host, Hoji the, the Electric Kismoji, almost indoctrinated him into some vegan cults. You know, and that was that was very not what I expected, you know, because we were I was trying to get him 
basically to motivate my team. You see, you see, we have another guy on the show, but you see he's not here because he's on his fourth summer vacation, Mr. Hobson. <laughs> Anytime, yeah, and back in February, there was one sunny day. He said, oh, it's summer, I'm taking my vacation. And then this kept happening. And so, so that, is, that is our situation. And so Wayne Boxmaner was supposed to, he's a motivational speaker. He was supposed to talk some sense into him. And then instead, he ends up on his side. So that is one, I guess you could say funny, funny <laughs> story. Yeah. That's a great vacation package. How do you, how do you get it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and with our budget, it's, it's really, this is, <laughs> yeah, this is why, this is why the shows are struggling. But, but yeah, so I want to hear some of your best stories with players, with, you know, organization members. I did not cover. I did. I was not there when Hallis was at the uh, car dealership and invented the league. I just missed that one. Uh, I didn't cover. I know some of the guys when Corey Dillon uh, broke Jim Brown's rookie rushing record in 1997. I think some of the guys thought I was. I covered that game, but I did not cover that one. I was. I was born after a couple of years after Jim Brown got out of Syracuse, but. I've um, Dylan is really at the center of a lot of my uh, memories because he had two great games. That game we're talking about, the the '97 game when he broke Brown's record, and then of course the Peyton game uh, when he when he when he broke Walter's record. Uh, Boomer coming back in '97 and just 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 covering Boomer in general. Um, you know, uh, in '90 and '91, uh, that being able to cover Sam Weish was a was a treat. I mean, that was a guy. You know, you needed like two guys to cover Sam. You needed one guy to go in and cover him in the post game because it was it was a good chance it was going to blow up into a national story that would be on CNN, and then you had to have somebody else in there to cover the football game. So with Sam, you always had to always had to cover your bases. Great guy, very engaging, smart. Um, those were fun days. I, was, I, you know, was Sam funny? Did he have any funny? things to say anything was he like did he mess with reporters or anything oh yeah he was oh yeah he was uh uh always uh use the media as a prop really use it use the media he was one of the great uh uh great distractors you know uh, he would he would um whatever if his team was in trouble he did a great job of you know making himself the issue and of course we were a willing <laughs> we were we were willing prop so he would go after us but um yeah he was uh very, very cutting, very sarcastic, but a funny guy. And, and obviously uh, just a, a guy with a big heart too. Uh, Cause you see, you know, you saw what he did with, uh, you know, with the homeless when he was here in town and later when he went to uh, settle in Pickens, South Carolina. Uh, and he was always great, you know, could always get him on the horn and uh, you know, up until he just, just passed uh, last year. Um, but, you know, and then to make the transition into Marvin and, 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 you know, Carson Palmer and, I mean, uh, really, uh, Chad Johnson, you know, covering, covering Chad, he, it, it was like, that was more than sports because, you know, Chad, and he's still doing it. He's in, I mean, he's an, what do they call him now? He's an influencer. I guess that's, that's the term now, but, you know, I see him as a pioneer when it, when it comes to social media and sports, he's still one of the more popular guys, you know, and he was a guy who was always, you had to be on your toes because, he was always, you know, was always breaking news around him, you know, and then to be able to, you know, I, I, I think right before the pandemic hit, one of my more memorable moments was going up to uh, Athens, uh, like in February, uh, two weeks before the combine and uh, spent some time in Burroughs hometown. I didn't spend any time with him, but I, 
spent some uh, time with people who knew him at Athens High School, and uh, that was that was fun. I guess I, guess I like that because. I could pull out of my pit place, take a right, and go 132 miles straight, stop, and get a hell of a story. So I was I was happy when they uh, I was happy when they picked him for that reason. But since they picked him, you haven't been able to really go anywhere or visit anybody. So hoping that changes. Yeah, but you mentioned Dylan, and actually that's one of the guys I want to ask you about because he was so you know he's he's not really involved in social media, you know, and he was kind of a quiet guy when he played. But I mean, he was he was such a talent. What what was he like, person? I'm well, sure I don't he, know. he wasn't that quiet. He uh, uh, right before I uh, I think right before I get the job here with Bengals.com, I know he gave me a quote that said he'd rather flip burgers than play for the Bengals. So right, right. Uh, he was uh, he would uh, he was pretty he would spoke his mind all the time. He never backed down from saying what he believed. It's one of the reasons I liked him. Uh, he was uh, he was a straight shooter. You know you know right where he was coming from. Uh, he was angry. You know, he was angry from the moment he got here. He was, he was mad he went in the second round. You know, he th- he was a first-round guy, and clearly he was when, you know, when you saw him play. And he never forgot it, you know. Uh, I mean, he ran angry. Uh, Dave Lapham, you know, it tells a great story uh, before that Denver game when he had the 278, and he's down on the field, and uh, he was talking to Greg Robinson, the uh, Broncos defensive coordinator, who his, his team, they, they were actually second in rushing, you know. And uh, Dylan ran by him and uh, just huge. And you could, you know, you could feel, him. you know, Lap said you could feel him run by him. Robinson kind of turned around, clapped his hands and said, all right, guys, let's go, let's go. And uh, he proceeded to, uh, you know, and I've talked to Coy about this before. Somebody, somebody's going to break the record. They'll keep breaking the record, you know, but nobody will ever probably do it like Corey did when, you know, just 22 carries, 278 yards, but yet I think nine of them went for one or two yards. So he had these huge gaping runs, and he did it with a – they didn't complete a pass in the last three quarters. I'll say it for you, Jeff. It was a very – there was very inconsistent offensive line play for the Bengals back then. I remember Dylan would have like a 40-yard game, yeah. you know, when there was nothing, no holes, and then he'd have a 200-yard game. And it was all about if he could wear the defense down. Right, it was all, you know, they didn't have yeah. a quarterback, so they were playing yeah. 10 man line, they were playing ten man lines. And if you were able to get through, you get those, you know, you get those big runs. But yeah, you're right. I mean, it was, uh, you know, but when you don't have anybody, you know, name a quarterback that he had. I mean, can you but, imagine what he'd be with Palmer? Can you imagine what he would? Well, by the time, actually, I remember the year that Boomer came back. That second half was when Dylan's career took off. Correct, and it was after they benched Jeff Blake, basically. And, yeah, and, and he took off. Yeah, yeah but they play him. They didn't yeah. play him. It was one of the great mysteries. I mean, they stuck with Kajana Kata for the first 10 yeah. years. But, but was, I'm just saying he never got the chance to really play, no. I don't think, with Blake, no. you know, very much. Who's, who's no. very good. And talking, right. yeah, and speaking about the Blake era, yes. Pickens, Carl Pickens and Darnay Scott, we never hear from them anymore. Yeah. What, what, I mean, you know, we, don't, we didn't have yeah, all I never really heard from them when they were playing. You know, yeah. they were real personable guys. Yeah, they weren't really happy. Uh, they were tough to talk to. You know, they'd usually insult you. So, wow. uh, they, you know, they were tough interviews. Great players, great players though. And uh, you know, um, Pickens and Darnay and Blake kept them on the map. You know, you yeah. can make the argument that uh, Paul Brown is the is the house that Jeff Blake built because um, you know 
he when when he came in into the lineup in 94 95 96 people were pumped up you know he gave them hope and he got them back in the you know he got them back into the wind column and you know like i said i was in california and the only time i ever saw bengal's highlights was after blake was put in the quarterback because they right. show one or two of his bombs yep. you know on every highlight reel they had to show it and that that yep. meant a lot for Bengals fans where there's a guy who everybody had to pay attention to. It's no question so, because the, you know, from 92 to 94, it was just, uh, it had been a desert. Yeah. So look, I want to move on to uh, the next category, which is rumors about the team. There's, there's a lot of people who put all this stuff annoying out. Rumors. Annoying rumors, the worst kind. And you remember uh, there is this uh, pro football conversation or something sites I don't remember. It's, it's it, you know the you know the uh, the very biased, lying, uh, fake news media will will say stuff like you know Joe Burrow, you know doesn't didn't want to play for Cincinnati, uh, you know or these kind of the stuff that they make up, and it, it's very frustrating as Bengals fans because we don't have many prominent voices in the media to to kind of uh, take the kind of that they're connected with the organization to speak. So, so what have you dealt with over the years in terms of, let's say, the, the Steelers fans in the media or others who are, who are throwing things out there that are just not true? What, what, what would you like to dispel from those rumors? I don't know. I think, uh, what would you like to dispel? I mean, I, I there's well, so many. I mean, well, right? I like I mean, this. Which, I like which, this. Turn it back on him. No, I'm saying which rumors? I mean, which, which, oh. which, which rumors? Well, how the organization is run, for instance. A lot of people say that, you know, they cut corners here. They do this, they do that. You know, Pat McAfee talks about mm-hmm. the indoor facility. And I, I actually, uh, you know, I was, I was, I've been you know, informed about recently about that the problem is not with the, the finances for the facility, but rather the nature of the, the city and what is underground and building a facility. <clears throat> Well, I don't so, know. Did you see what they spent in free agency the last two years? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And, 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 you know, they always, I think the Bengals are a different, correct me if I'm wrong. It's a different business model. You, you pay a lot, but you pay for the guys you develop because it's, it's more of a belief in, in the, 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 you know, the older style of developing players instead of taking these big risks on outside free agents. Yeah. Well, right. You know, I think that was, you know, I think that is the, uh, I think that is a philosophy. I mean, I think a lot of teams have done that. The Steelers do that. You know, the Patriots did that, but the Patriots, you just saw it. The Patriots did this last year. They went hog wild and free agency, you know, and the Bengals have done that the last two years, you know, they kind of, um, uh, they didn't, they drafted very well in the early part of the decade. Then they've had some guys hurt, you know, they, they, uh, some guys they drafted high have got hurt, haven't panned out. And, you know, they went right to the well, you know, they went, I think, you know, they broke their record two years in a row of how much they're spending in free agency. And I think they took advantage of having that rookie quarterback, uh, the contract of that rookie quarterback, you know? And I think, uh, so I think uh, their, you know, their goal has been to surround Burrow, you know, to surround that rookie quarterback with what they, you know, with what they can. And, uh, you know, I think that, you know, that's obviously a difference from probably, in the middle of the decade when Dalton was riding high and they were, they were getting some play from, you know, from guys that they did want to give second contracts to. Yeah. I don't think they've been given second contracts to guys just because they, they drafted them. You know, they had to be producing. No, absolutely. So let me just tell you, I don't know. I know you're on Twitter, but you, 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 you don't, you don't, uh, haven't you looked get, at my mentions since 2009. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah, because I, I'm always atting you. I'm always trying to, to get your attention. It's never, it never works. I'm always saying, Jeff, please come on our show. 
and and we got we got you through John, so that's great. But you know, John's, John's very good. John's uh, uh, John's all over it. Um, he uh, John got a hold of me, so yeah. John, give him my information. Yeah, for sure. To, uh, I'd be, uh, in fact, I tried to call John. I thought I followed up uh, the the Zoom link. Oh no! Did I, I miss a call John's from so just him, Huh, John? Just give him. Oh no! What's that? <laughs> Yeah, that, but, that's the worst missed call possible, right there. That's, that's a that. big missed opportunity on my end. <laughs> oh no, no, I'm just saying. I just give him my stuff, give him my info. There you go. And, uh, Thank but yeah, you. I mean, you know, the thing with Twitter is, I know, uh, uh, you know, looks, listen, I know I'm not very good. I know I'm old. Uh, I know I'm from Boston. Uh, you know, so the people don't have to. I don't have to. You know, do I have to look at that every? No, day? you don't. You don't. And, and I reminded how and be reminded how weak I am and how well I, how I don't. I am. So you know, I mean, that's 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 all that's on there. Well, look, we all know how smart and, and, and sharp you I are. I can get my news. I still get my news. I don't have to. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off. But I, no, no, please. That's actually, Jeff, by the way, this show yeah. used to be called Sorry If I Spit When I Speak. So the whole philosophy of the show is cutting each other off. That's how it works. So, so please do cut me off. Yeah. But Jeff, I was just going to say, you don't need to get into all that. You're, you're in the, you know, you're there. You're seeing what's going on every day. But I just wanted to say, I, you, you might have heard that Bengals Twitter is 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 pretty pretty loud and they are they are basically combating a lot of those annoying rumors in the form of superheroes just fascinating so we have you know i just saw recently there's a bengal's batman there is a we have the bengal's orange arrow we have the bengal's what else john we have um we have so captain captain i think is his name yeah like, it's the captain there's the space hero the, the yeah the, the, the man, man the bengalorian we have the all yeah. of these yeah, and what's funny is they don't have the cat superheroes. They don't have Bengal's Catwoman. They don't have the Thundercats like Lionel and Tigra. I don't know if this is an issue you want to raise with I Mike Brown. I think they're saving the big guns. I think they're saving the big guns for the season. I, 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 their social media department has done a great job. I know. I think Elizabeth Blackburn is next. That the next topic, but she's been terrific with social media. I mean, she's yeah. turned that thing around. I mean, they're top. I, I think we're top five in the league. Yeah, we are, which is, so which is very... So whatever we're doing, I, you know, I think that's... Uh... Yeah, but that, so basically I want, I want to get official approval from the organization for the superhero that I should be, if that's okay. So from you, I'm just going to share some ideas and I want you to just give me your opinion. So I've been considering a few superheroes. One is the Penguin, obviously. So the Penguin, as you know, Jeff, he he was accused like me of shady business dealings, just false fake media, fake news. But he <laughs> he was teased as a child. Obviously, is you know funny his funny looks, but he ultimately brings people together, and he and he accomplishes really really great things by by his ability to organize. So that is my first candidate for you. You know who played him in the TV series, by the way. A little trivia there. Yeah, you know, I do. Penguin in the TV series. Yeah, uh, Burgess Correct. Meredith. Burgess yeah. Meredith, very yeah. good. Who was, who was yeah. Rocky's trainer? That's right. Yeah, very yeah. good. Thank you. I, I've, been, I've been researching these characters, Jeff. This he's is also not, this is. Yeah. He was also in the greatest Twilight. He was also in the, the star in the greatest Twilight Zone ever. Yeah. Uh, time enough at last. Yeah, but you can see the you can see the resemblance, Jeff. Right? I mean, down there. Yeah. Well, so it's, it's yeah. this guy in a hat, right? Yeah, well, I don't have a hat. I can't afford oh. the hat yet. You, right. you would be surprised how boot a strap our budget is, Jeff. You would not believe it. Yeah. 
But well, yeah, because you can't you can't do numbers. I don't know why you're doing the budget if you don't know what you know. Yeah, yeah, but 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 Jeff, how much do you guys get for mileage? Uh, well, for for my yeah. So basically, I John is allowed to visit his parents' home where he can use their internet, and I Actually, once right a now. month. Yeah. So so the second candidate, Jeff, is a Snarf from from Thundercats, of course. Now, Snarf was able to communicate with animals. Obviously, I'm a communicator. You know, I'm in the media. And I think that Snarf, Bengals Snarf, would be, I think it would resonate with fans. Again, I, I really think Thundercats are not being used enough. I don't know if Mike Brown has complained about this or, or Elizabeth. I don't know or... much about the Snarf. I don't, I, I don't know much about okay. that. Okay, let's so. move on, please. Uh, yeah, please, uh, Courtney, let's move on to Monopoly Man. Now, now Monopoly Man. I know that guy. I know you that know guy. this guy, yeah. So, yeah. really, Jeff. No, I... Jeff, really, money is the greatest superpower when you think about it, <laughs> right. because because you can lobby the other superheroes to do what you want. So, but if you're a superhero, you know you don't care about money. That's why you're a superhero. I I never thought of that. Right? Yeah, I think I'm gonna scrap the idea, Jeff. I mean, I'm just gonna scrap the whole thing. Unless it's like Joe Jackson in the nineteen nineteen World Series or something. I mean, I, you know. Yeah, let's just let's just move on, Courtney. Let's just move on. Courtney's our producer, by the way. She's doing a great job. So, Elizabeth Blackburn. Elizabeth Blackburn. Everybody, anybody, fans, outsiders, everybody senses a difference. There's an energy. There is, I want to say, more accountability. There is more uh, a, a strategy. You know, and, and Mike Brown came out and said, Elizabeth, my granddaughter, unlike my own kids, is not afraid of me. And and that is that says a lot because Mike Brown is, you know, he's a very lovable, cuddly man. So uh, I don't know why his kids would be afraid of him. Maybe those are, you know, maybe that's something you can speak to. But but Elizabeth is from a different generation where, I mean, I don't, you know, maybe authority or age and all that kind of stuff means so much. But at the same time, you got to get business. You got to get down to business, get stuff done. Yeah, I, she's and, and she's been in the business. I mean, she was she was in the business community for, you know, for five, six years before she before she came over, which was, I think, a, uh, you know, that that that's that's, you know, that that's done nothing but help her because. You know, she grew up in, uh, I mean, you know, she grew up in football, you know, she grew up in a football family. So, um, you know, she got the best of both worlds uh, as far as, you know, uh, being able to have that, have that business background. And yet she lives it and breathes it. I mean, she's no different than, you know, she's no different than, than she's a Bengal fan. So if yeah, she's not, a, can... she's not a superhero. I wouldn't go that far. But she supports the superhero. She actually invited them for the jersey reveal. There you go. And so, yeah. So, it, see, again, I'm not going to say it was my idea about lobbying the superheroes. I'm not going to say she took my idea. Obviously, I'm not going to, you know, I don't want like residuals or anything for that, unless you think Burrow it's possible. But uh, Burrow, yes, Burrow is a superhero. Yeah. Yes, he is. Yeah. But, 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 Jeff. So, basically, you. As someone in the organization, in the building every day, you sense you sense the energy, you sense the difference as well. Oh yeah, there's no uh, there's no question. I mean, uh, just uh, just around the uniform unveil, the video, just when I, you know I, you know what you know the way they shot the video, I was you know it's almost like a 
you know, geez, I mean, I, I, I you know, that was like a, it's almost like a movie scene, you know, the cameras they had going on. And, 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 uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, the, the thing I think that really makes Elizabeth so effective is, you know, she, she, she was sitting in this, she was weeping when Vontez Perfect. I, I, I don't know if she was weeping. I know she was, she was here when Vontez Perfect intercepted the ball in a playoff game. And it was, they were, you know, people were singing and dancing in the aisles and she was one of them singing and dancing in the aisles. So, you know, she looked out at the crowd and in that moment, she said, that's the way I want it to look. And, you know, and that's the way we all want it to look. I mean, you know, yeah. I was up here, I was up in my office writing when Tez uh, picked the ball off and I was, uh, you know, I was yelling and screaming and, uh, you know, and then uh, two minutes later, I was doing a major rewrite. But I, I think that, uh, you know, she's felt it. She knows what she wants to feel like. And I think she's got a real connection with the fans. She and, does. Uh, you know, so I think that's, uh, you know, and I think the fans, I think the fans are superheroes. Yeah. You know? I mean, I, I can really identify with Elizabeth. You know, like we talked about Jeff Blake. That was her favorite player. Yeah. I don't know if you know, but the first video I ever made was Jeff Blake highlights. It was the first highlights of Jeff Blake on the internet. You 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 search Jeff Blake, you see that video. I think it's a hundred thousand views. Did that? Oh, I was maybe in my fifties, but it was um, it was this was back in two thousand and eleven, okay. and yeah, and so that was. Um, oh, I thought you did it right away. I thought you did it real quick. No, wait, no, no. As soon as I learned how to use YouTube, yeah, basically two thousand eleven. This yeah. was my first project. And my second was was Carl Pickens and Darnay Scott, but, but now Blake. There was yeah. a lot of there was a lot. Of, the thing about Blake was, and, I, and and there were and he had a lot of great plays that you were able to, I'm sure, put together. And uh, he never had. I think he had like two 100 yard rushers and like 52 Bengals starts or something. Yeah, uh, and like, very average defense. Very average defense. That's right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I, it, it was amazing. And even the offensive line, again, with, even that season with Boomer, I remember the offensive line had a bad start, and they it started playing well for Boomer. Yeah, I know, right. It was the kind of the veteran presence kind yeah. of compensated for, yeah. yeah but what I was going to say... Boomer got the ball out quick. Yeah. Oh, he was a maestro. He was very great at manipulating defenses. But so I'll just say, you know, I'm, I was the number one fan of Jeff Blake. And now, you know, she is, let's say, 1A or 1B or whatever. And yet, Jeff, again, she hasn't been on our show. I, I don't know what's going on. It's, oh, it's I'm crazy. sure she'll be yeah. on. I'm sure you'll get her. Yeah, I, I think so. I think so. I really hope so. Because uh, I'm feeling the burn. That's, that's all I wanted to say. I'm feeling the that burn. That was her nickname, actually. Uh, that was her nickname when she was working for the NFL. Her nickname was Bernie. Yeah. Yeah. And she actually, they, uh, she actually crafted something for the uh, collective bargaining agreement when they were going through how to uh, structure the collective bargaining agreement. She actually came up with a, um, like a way to figure like club expenses in a, in a that's right. I actually read it in a great article on banglers.com. But I think they call it the burn. I think they call that the burn or something. The, uh, yeah. That thing. Yeah. Actually, I, I reworked that article of yours from banglers.com into a blog. Got oh, a lot of clicks, a lot of clicks. Doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Made a lot of money. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. No, I didn't, I didn't make money. But, uh, but Jeff, look, let's move on to the camp updates. Okay, let's talk about today. Now, one, one, play, one question we have from homie, big homie 50. Not 49, not 51, but 50. 
He wants to know who is flying under the radar from the perspective of, you know, from you. Like, who is the guy that the media or maybe fans don't see in training camp as being, you know, as big of a, a you know, positive kind of piece? Well, you know, anybody on defense has been, has been super. I, I mean, I think Logan Wilson's flying under the radar. I think he's been very solid, you know. Uh, but it's kind of tough. Under the radar, I guess you wouldn't ex- – I mean, you would expect the – highly paid corners to uh, play, you know, to, to do well. And they are doing well. Uh, the young guys, I think, uh, expect Chase to do well. He's a rookie. He's going through some ups and downs. Uh, you know, obviously the uh, free agent uh, pickup from San Francisco, Trent Taylor, has been the talk of the first couple of days of camp. He's caught everything thrown at him, making a real run at the punt return job. And uh, I think he's a guy you're going to have to keep in mind. Yeah. I was at the uh, open practice on uh, Saturday. Yes. And I saw Trent, he caught a deep pass in the, in the first half, if you will, whatever you call it. And then <laughs> the second half, he caught a one-handed, you know, he got a one-handed touchdown. That's and great. all of his female, uh, teammates surrounded him and congratulated him. It's very clear that he is, he's, he's really making some noise. Oh, he's a, uh, um, you know, I think also too, there's another guy, you have to keep an eye on, and it's been quiet. I, I think Puka Williams, the running back, he's playing wide receiver from uh, from Kansas. I think he's going to get a long look. I, I'm not. I think it's a long shot that he makes the club, but he's going to be. But I think he's an interesting guy to watch. Well, and and also Travion, Travion Williams, who's on our show, was it was a delight. He was on our show. Yeah. Of course, he wasn't a big fan of my um, frugality, if you will, my my lack of hospitality and how I. You know, but but uh, but we had a lot of fun, and Travion looked great. He looked very explosive. What about Chris Evans? I think Chris yeah. Evans is going to make a run. I think I think that's a great uh, matchup, Chris uh, Chris Evans and Travion. I think that's going to be a great battle. They really like the way Evans catches the ball. Even he's and I and I think he's looked good out there. A lot of people want to know about Jackson Carmen. So he, I, I saw him working with Frank Pollock a lot, and I know I know it's he's moving to guard, so it's going to be a transition. So a lot of people are saying maybe he won't be the starter day one. Is there is anything clear? Yeah, I think that's I think that's to be played out. You know, I don't. You know, Frank's not going to give a job to anybody. You yeah. know, um, I think uh, you know they're rotating right now. You know, uh, Jackson and um, Michael Jordan got reps with the first team today. You know, and uh, I think that's going to be something we're going to see as the as uh, camp and the preseason goes on. But uh, you know, I think. Um, you know, they like, you know, I mean, they like Jackson, but, uh, you know, obviously he's got to, uh, you know, he's a rookie. He's going to, he's gonna, you know, this is like the first week. So I think, you know, he's going to, I think he's going to get eased in, you know, I mean, all this, all these things will be decided in the three, pre- yeah. in the three preseason, I mean, in the three preseason, in the three preseason games. I mean, we can. Yeah. Really speculate, but there's not much value. Yeah. I agree. Now, did, Would you, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, go ahead, John. I just wanted to ask, like, would you classify what's going on with kicker as an actual battle, or is that more just a battle in name only? What's that? I'm sorry, the kicker. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that my opinion. I think, it, and I don't know anything, but I, but to me, it's a it's a name only because I know when the kid get drafted, when Evan McPherson got drafted, Darren Darren Simmons pretty much said, well, he's the, you know, he's going to be the guy, and uh, I, you know whether that you know. Whether that thing could heat up, I don't know. I mean, 
Siebert's a good kicker too. I mean, Darren was saying that today, you know, that both of them are going to be in the league. So, but I would think just given, you know, strength to McPherson's leg, I mean, um, he was, he was there at the, at the, at the, on Saturday. So we saw the 60 yarder, which had, it had enough. It just, it just, it just, you know, it just, uh, he, I mean, he hooked it, but he's, you know, I mean, you know, McPherson's got the leg strength. I think they're looking for. So, you know, that would be my thinking that, you know, it's McPherson's job to lose. And, you know, Austin is going to have to knock him. He's going to have to knock him out. And I'm not, you know, I don't know if he can do that in a preseason. Well, like you said, it's all a speculation. Right. So, yeah. yeah. So we don't, we don't want to waste too much time with that. I want to move to season predictions. How many wins are they going to have? Where do they finish at the end of the season? I think they go 10 and eight. Uh, I think they go 10 and seven. Yeah. I look at the, I look, I mean, they, if you look at the schedule early, it should make some hay. So is that, is that going to win the division or? I don't know. It's a tough division. I mean, that's, uh, um, you know, Cleveland, I guess is the, uh, I mean, I, I mean, I, I mean, I kind of agree with Boomer. He was in here, we were talking to him and Boomer said, you know, Cleveland's the best team probably. Uh, Cause you know, there's, I think, Pittsburgh and Baltimore are working through some things, but uh, you know, is, is Cleveland going to win 12 games? Can Baker Mayfield win 12 games? I'm not, you know, I'm not real, you know, I don't, I don't know about that. Can, 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 you know, 58 year old Ben Roethlisberger win 12 games? I don't know. Uh, you know, the Baltimore, you know, I still, John Harbaugh to me, you know, I don't talk about Cleveland. I talk about Baltimore because of the coaching with John Harbaugh, you know, they're going to run the ball, you know, they're going to play defense. So to me, that's the team you have to beat. Um, but, you know, I think it's, uh, I think Boomer, I think Boomer had it right. This team's good enough. The Bengals are good enough to be in the mix. Absolutely. Well, Mr. Hobson. 10 and 7. Think, 10 and 7. That was my yeah. opinion. I see. I, I think that's, I think that's about right. I was going to say 15 and 2, but pretty close. <laughs> a little, a little bit of a yeah. Yeah. little bit different. Yeah. But I, I mean, the best part is I predict Joe Burrow is going to play the whole season. Yeah throw 4,500 to 5,000 yards, somewhere between. I mean, but take a look at the sked. If you take a look at the sked. Yeah. Um, He's got it right you know, there. You got He's some, right uh, you know. He created there's some teams. There's some teams there that get you to 10. I mean, that you know, you're going yeah. gonna to win some games you're not supposed to win. How many in the there's division? How many in the, in the division? I'm sorry? How many in the division are, are we talking here? Okay. Um, three or four. Three or four. I think they'll, uh, you know, I think they'll, uh, maybe they split them. Well, we haven't seen that in a while, so I think Correct. many, many would take that. <laughs> I mean, that's what this yeah. team has to do. John, you're exactly right. That's what this team has to do. To me, the two stats that they have to improve, they're two division stats. They're giving up 5.2 yards per rush in the division the last two years. And they're, I think they're allowing uh, an average of 130 yards per game on the ground. Well, I think I think I think with the uh, linebackers they drafted a year ago, yeah. that was specifically with Baltimore in mind. You know, guys that can fly around and and and, and catch up with Lamar Jackson and. Yep. So yeah, I think if they can stop Lamar Jackson, that's going to go down to under five for sure. But well, I mean, it's uh, <laughs> Lamar's got their number, no question. You know, they got to yeah. figure out how to stop him. You know, so I, I know. They feel like uh, the guys they try, you know, some like Sample and uh, Sample and Osai. They think they believe are, are are they can set the run against 
you know, they can set the edge against the run. I think that was a, that was a big thing. And I think that's why they liked Hendrickson because I think they feel like not only does he, that he can rush the pass, but I think they feel like he's a, that he, that he's a good run defender. So all I think with Baltimore and Pittsburgh in mind, uh, and Cleveland really, I mean, you know, they, they've Chubb and, uh, Chubb and Hunt have really uh, carved them up too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Mr. Robson, it was an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. It was great being on. I thank you for having me on. I, I, I know I probably wasn't a uh, comedic hit, but uh, I thank you for having me on. No, neither neither were we. We never are, but we, we no, just, guys, we just report the news. Show. You guys have a show. On. It's a Actually, show. let me tell you, you know who is very funny is Mike Brown's wife, Nancy. Very funny person. Hilarious. She, I, we, we had a dinner together and... and I don't know if it, but but she put a whoopee cushion on my seat and obviously that's hilarious because I don't have that problem but you know we're just all cracking up and in the Bengals as an organization they have their family organization lot of fun very lighthearted so yeah so that is what we try to represent here we try to have fun and and uh, you know as Bengals fans obviously we've been through a lot of dark ages and uh, you know and we've had to have kind of uh, you know, this, this kind of show, I think, represents our experience as a fan. Well, I think uh, what is the number one Bengals podcast. That's right. It's the number one Bengals podcast. Thank you. That's, that's actually the official Bengals statement on the matter. It is that's now official. On the, that's what it said on the, on the, uh, on the coming into the show. It, it does say that. It's also a factual statement. We, we actually are. Yeah. yeah. We have about 1,000 of the ratings of the Locked On Bengals podcast. So they, they're, they're the top pod, uh, Bengals podcast. But we, we are called the number one Bengals podcast. I, I, can't, I, I don't know the math, how it works, but somehow it does. Just trust me. I trust you. Yeah, thank you. Okay. Well, for John Sheeran and the great Jeff Hobson, I'm Daddy McDoop. That's all we have for this show. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a five-star review. We will see you next time. So long, sweetie. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.